Welcome to Red Inca. I'm Jared Kimber. This episode of Red Inca, we talk about how you build a cricket league from scratch in the USA. So we got on the guy who just did that. Justin Giel, I'm the VP of Cricket, uh, American Cricket Enterprises, or Major League Cricket as it's known now. We talk about how he ended up running this league, the complicated nature of USA cricket, the use of overseas players, minor league, Morrisville, the money, the stadiums, college sports, and what a success will look like. How does a random Aussie bloke end up running a T20 league in in the middle of Texas and Carolina and North Carolina, whichever Carolina it was, one of the Carolinas? Yeah, uh, how did how did all this one happen? <laughs> Yeah, luck, chance, fate, I, I don't know. Um, was at IPL for, I think, eight, nine, ten years and loved that experience. It's quite unique in world sport. You were general um, manager of that league? Is that your title? I was, no, I got confused. I started as a venue manager back in Pune in 2012. I had no inclination to go to India in my life. I'd never been there. Um, didn't really rate T20 cricket, if I'm honest. And was sceptical about the BCCI. So all these things ended up in me needing a job and it coming about through through luck and fate and ended up there. And then enjoyed the ride. I think by the end of it, I was, um, I'll call it GM Cricket Ops or something like that for BCCI. I'm sorry, in terms of the IPL, IMG. But we sat in the BCCI office, so effectively their team. And yeah, there's um, there's many podcasts on some of the stuff that happened there and some of the journeys we had from I wanted to go there. Um, but yeah, no, ended up there. And then I thought it's it's time to um the trouble about being in a in a cricket bubble and event um is sometimes you're you're not a great son or a partner or friend, uh, and it's all consuming. So I thought it was time to sort of get off the roller coaster for a bit. Um did that and moved to Dubai to to set up a bit of uh, consultancy, and then at that time my partner, her contract was cut short. Um she's American. Uh, at that time, we thought, well, why not? Let's go to America um, and see what we can do. And I, I didn't really come here to, to do cricket, as it were. I really thought it was a chance for a reset to try and get into to another sport in another country, um, time for something new. Um, and the timing just worked. It was pre-COVID, and, and I came across a gentleman called Samir Mehta, who um, is a founder, one of the founders of our company, and Ian Higgins from the, the ICC, ICC, who was the CEO of USA Cricket at the time, and had dinner with him in New York, uh, and it was really quite surreal. Again, it was this Aussie guy with um, an Englishman and, and an American Indian um, talking about their plans in cricket, and uh, I thought it was ridiculous some of the stuff they were saying and, and the ambition. And I sort of agreed and thought I worked for a while, probably probably time. Um, yeah, and took the job, and that was nearly four years ago. And you know, the rest is history, I guess. How different was that first idea? Um... Over, I'm going to assume steak and lobster and whiskey, um, compared to what finally kind of happens. I think it was Korean, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> Barbecue. Um, how different? Yeah, I think um, the the dream, the vision was the same. I think the the way we got there, not so much. I think, you know, I think my, my expectations probably were tempered pretty quick. Um you know, it felt like we'd talk about Major League Cricket and at the end of it, Samir said, oh, you just need to launch a 28-team, you know, National Minor League, first of all, as a throwaway line. Like, <laughs> sounds like a lot of work, guys. Um, but, yeah, no, it, I, I mean, I was really excited. Um, there's so many false starts to cricket in this country. Uh, it's pretty well documented. You don't have to Google too too far to see some of the, the failures and, and challenges here. But I did think coming from my experience in cricket and also working in different cultures um, around the world that I'd be a pretty good fit. 
I think the time felt right in terms of what these guys were saying in terms of the investment coming into the sport, but also with, you know, USA cricket sort of aligning. I thought it felt felt right at the time. So, yeah, it, it was a, a long way um, from the that conversation to now, but the vision certainly hasn't changed. It's interesting because you talk about Ian Higgins and obviously at one stage he might have been the most sued man in cricket every time. I think if you yeah. Google his name in lawsuit, that's probably he's, – he's probably got – He's probably got more loose lawsuits than Sachin does international hundreds. But um, he he leaves in 2021. You, I, I remember talking to Neil Maxwell, who was kind of the Justin Gill, although slightly better cricketer than you, but of his of his day. He and he tried to get, a better businessman as well, actually, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he's done very well for himself. But um, he still, he's Pat Cummins' his agent, I think, still, isn't he? Yes, he is, because I talked mm. to him the other day. But um, you know, I remember when he went over, he was like full of all this, oh, Jared, you don't understand what we're going to be able to do in America. And then you get there and you realize that, A, American cricket is in such a complicated place. And then America is such a complicating place in general, you know, regulations and all this sort of stuff. Uh, that I remember talking to you really, really early on and you had this incredible energy, but you're a little bit like, oh, it's going to be difficult, but it'll be fine. Then I talked to you a little bit afterwards and there was no blood left in your face um, as you spoke to me. It got tough, right? The complications really got to you in a way that you were used to complications in the IPL and you've worked with other uh, cricket boards and cricket places before as well. This is, it's its own world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, and there's levels to everything and nothing's quite simple. And, I, you know, working in, in cricket in um, India and, you know, it, it's in many ways the pinnacle of the sport just in terms of the scale and the exposure and, you know, how serious it is and, you know, and, and the press. So, you know... It's it's we'll never escape cricket and politics. It's you know it's, they go hand in hand. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, but coming out of that environment, the BCCI, I thought I've got this. I can handle most things. You know, I've seen it all. Uh, and it, it took me about six months to realise that actually it's worse here, and it's worse <laughs> in so many different parts of the country in different ways. Um, yeah, so it's 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 really complex, and it's been a roller coaster. I wouldn't say it's been smooth sailing this job. I think it's by far the hardest. Thing I've ever done professionally, um, which is great. I tell our team often, you know, character building, and and when you get through and look back, you've actually been able to build something. Not everyone can say they they've done that. I think that's the the really enjoyable thing, as opposed to an IPL, which very much is I won't say plug and play because it's very big, but we're quite formulaic now. You know what you're doing. We know how to run a big event, um, and it's you know, in terms of evolving it you're trying to do a little bit each year rather than you know from scratch whereas here we had an absolute blank canvas which is um uh incredibly challenging but also scary um yeah and a lot of the complications come from just you say cricket wasn't built to be played in this country and it just well, probably was originally but it, <laughs> we lost its way uh there sometime back at uh the federation and uh infrastructure is probably our biggest challenge that's expensive. I think there's so many passionate cricket people here, but when you try to get serious about high performance or growing something to a scale, there is a real lack of experience. Um, and trying to change things that have worked really successfully at a local league and, and continue to, um, trying to change that isn't isn't easy. We have, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about it, America is, you know, built on immigrants. For goodness sake, I'm here, and you know, I've been here four years now and it's my adopted country and I embrace you know all the all the goodness and the badness about it let's not gloss over it's not not perfect but I think there's so many um from a multicultural perspective we have so many different backgrounds be that an Indian or 
Pakistani or Afghani and Australian on the other coast where I'm away from I am, we've got the West Indian population, there's a huge Sri Lankan population, and of course expats, South Africans and English. So it's a very diverse melting pot of cricket, as you will. Um, and generally harmonious, but there is also lots of different pockets um, within, you know, certain areas. So trying to get everyone to to move in the same direction is tough sometimes, and that's probably one of the bigger challenges. We've got a, a governing body um, who is an associate nation, so funding has always been, you know, tough. You know, it's really tough out there if you're an associate. When you've got a country this size, it's incredibly hard, you know. Um, so there's all these layers, and then we come from a different perspective where, you know, it is a startup environment, which is not unique in sport. It's the way things are going, you know, this this um, corporate, you know, and sport sort of funding. Um, so we come from a different mentality, and that was new for me as well, trying to change to this. Well, we sort of do it this way in cricket, and it works pretty well everywhere else, so it should work that way here and, and being told that's not going to work here and find a solution. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, the short answer is there's lots of layers. It's been um, an absolute roller coaster. zero regrets. I'm really proud of what we've achieved and still really excited about the scale. I think one of the best things for me about Major League is, in a way, it's a pretty expensive and stressful proof of concept, you know. Well, I thought it would work. You plan these things and plan these things. When they actually do, you can sit back and go, wow, we were, we were right. But I think we've scratched the surface, to be honest. I mean, it's interesting. The whole associate thing is fascinating. I remember when Hong Kong got good, the, you know, the players in Hong Kong, like the amateur players who were never going to play for the national team, almost resented the fact that the team got good because they didn't get access to facilities and everything else. And again, you know, I've heard similar things in America of, you know, we now don't have access to some of the nicer grounds and, and, and everything else. And then, you know, uh, as someone who did some analysis on your minor leagues, it's incredible to see. It's like it's like 1930s um, uh, English cricket, where you've got guys who are literally putting themselves in the team because they own a team, um, and then you've got you know th they might be on, the opposition might have this incredible young you know uh, batter from out of absolutely nowhere. Like the quality disparity is just mad. I mean, it, and it's such a big place as you said. Yeah, it is. And, and then how do you try and, you know, again, we talk about layers. Like, So what's the pathway? How, how do we get USA cricket stronger and constantly competitive? Because I believe we can be, no doubt about that. Um, how do we keep the ecosystem that's working to a degree where these local leagues survive? Because ultimately cricket, you know, is successful in this country because of all the volunteers and local leagues. They've had to be, you know. Yeah, you know, they're passionate about cricket. They love cricket and they put their own time, their own money into it. So... You know, with that brings all sorts of different, you know, challenges as well. But then how, how do we how do we try and get the best players playing against the best players? How do we get them good practice facilities? How do we get them good coaching? And that's, you know, really hard when it's such a big disjointed country. And and the governing body, you know, traditionally hasn't had a lot of money. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, 
Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Um the other thing is that America is I suppose in some ways, being an Australian and having worked in India, you get this, but there's a kind of uber patriotic sort of style that comes through those three different countries. So you were quite well set up to understand this, but you're a foreigner with a foreign sport, even as we've talked about, you know, cricket was obviously in America for a very long time. George Washington played cricket, fun fact. Um, So you're a foreigner with a foreign sport going out and having to have all these discussions. And then on top of that, one of the first big things that we know about Major League Cricket is... Corey Anderson and Liam Plunkett and Dane Peets and all these, you know, Rusty and all these random guys that we all kind of know the names of, you know, in some cases very famous, in some cases, you know, we could kind of remember them. It's, it's a weird thing to bring all those in. Why was that the decision? Is it just because there wasn't enough institutional knowledge of cricket within America at that time? Yeah, and I think this is a, it's a pretty, um, it's a sensitive topic here in America at the moment, rightly so, you know, what makes a domestic player? Um, and that goes, you know, for me as well, what makes me any better than someone's been here to come and run a league. I think there's a degree of experience about that. I think it is a very patriotic, patriotic nation. You're right. We now have the national anthem in front of each match of the major league, something I've never done at a, at a T20 tournament before. Um, so yeah, I think why, I think it comes back to the depth of talent. Well, well there is some very good cricketers across the country. They are uh, scattered. They're probably very good within their, um, within their league. Um, uh, it, it's a challenging one too because what are you playing on? Are you playing on a good turf? Are you are confident on outfield where you can dive and slide? You know, how fast are you generally facing? You know, how quick is that guy coming in? So I think, well, there's a lot of um, good cricketers here, great cricketers. That, that transition from here to here is, is tough. So I think in terms of Major League Cricket, you know, ultimately long-term, we need to be a domestic T20 tournament. And again, this is a very... Brought with you know many nuances, conversation um, as to what makes a domestic player. How many domestic players do you have in your in your lineup? And these are things we, we constantly battle with. But I think to we had to start. We had to start somewhere. Um, and uh, people are sick of me saying this, but at the end of the day, this needs to be about the cricket fundamentally. Because if the cricket's not good, if it's a shit product, then Americans or Indians, Americans or Sri Lankans who live here aren't going to embrace it. So that was the very philosophy. So how do we get the best possible cricket? So, yes, we're bringing the best players in the world, but, you know, there's four, five, six of them in a lineup. How then do we balance the rest of it? So I think, you know, the relocating of 40 or 50 people over here, and that's been happening over three and a half years, we get, you know, a, a hard time sometimes, and I get it. You know, these people have landed off the boat and they want to play. And they're going to qualify for USA and take the USA players and, it doesn't happen that quickly, you know. If you're coming here, you are packing up your life. You are either bringing a wife, bringing children. You're having children here. You're establishing themselves. You're going through a very hard time, like I did, when you move to any new country and learning how things work and, and understand how all that goes. Um, the guys who have been here from the the start, I mean, Liam and Corey, everyone's got a different story. They both have American wives, so not just like me. You know, they're here for love, um, not necessarily there their career if you can well, marry Rusty, the two up, nothing Rusty like it. was um studying I want to get this right black literature is why he was in America at the time right Rusty Thrawn uh, am, I, am uh, I right 100% and now yeah. that guy you know <laughs> one of my 
my favourite things in major, major League was seeing him steam in one more time and, and being in his rightful environment, Rusty. But you look at Rusty. Rusty is a guy who has put heart and soul into cricket in this country. He's one of the best coaches going around, particularly with juniors. He's always got time. I don't know how he's still got a shoulder with the number of throwdowns he has. And, and Rusty's just had his, his first child as well. So, again, you know, he's really embraced this as this is his home, you know, and, and Rusty, you know, is, is American for all intensive purposes. But what having him here does is raise the people around him through coaching, through being able to play with better players, through facing a faster bowler, through having cricket conversations and being around cricket people, which really was lacking. And it. it took me a couple of years. And even now when we all get together with the major league players who have played first class and international, you can just feel it. Um, and it makes a difference, and that's how we get people better. That's how we get all the domestic players around them better. So the, the theory was it was, A, to strengthen, you know, Major League cricket when it came around. It also came to, to how can we look at longer term getting USA cricket into a stronger place, either by playing or coaching or training, all these sort of things, to, to get that high-performance high environment. Um, and that was a, an easier way to do it. So these guys coach in their local academies. They play local cricket. They do all that sort of stuff. They're very much in their ecosystem. It's not like they're just landing here, copying millions and millions of dollars and just playing cricket and swanning about. It doesn't doesn't actually work that way here in America. Uh, minor league, I'm interested. I, know, I think you said it was Samir's idea before and he threw it to you and you had a panic attack afterwards. <laughs> fair enough. I, I've always said that. I think that's a big problem with new cricket nations as much as anything is that you know, they start getting very good, but there isn't really a structure. So if you look at the Netherlands, for instance, we know that talented cricketers have come through the Netherlands for a very long period of time now. But we also know that when they go back um, into their club structure, it's just not strong enough and, and it isn't there. You know, we've seen Ireland try and combat that and, you know, all these other different things. Minor league is a, it's a fascinating concept because it's a how Americans think of sport. You know, that the NBA obviously has a G League. Minor league itself is a term taken from baseball. You know, so these things exist out there, not to mention all the college systems and everything else. But from a financial point of view, you can see why most leagues in the world would never ever do anything like you have done um, again. Is that to try and show that you're actually part of the cricket community in general or was it just that you thought you had to lift the overall playing standard of the american players yeah and there's a couple of couple of factors to it I and mean, there's no domestic structural pathway here for all the reasons we've discussed money size scale depth of players all that sort of stuff so um i'm not for a second saying minor league is, is perfect and is the answer but what it gives us is for a period of time the best players in theory in each region play against each other and then play against, you know, other teams. So, you know, you're playing, it's a more like for like, if, if I will. Um, you know, so initially it was also to give, you know, the 40 players, 50 players we had coming over, you know, okay, we're going to bring players over here. What are they all going to do? <laughs> you know, where do they train? How do we get good cricket? So it was very much part of that. Um, it's a huge tournament. I think it's like last year was 230 games or something like that. Now, these are played from anywhere from turf, and we've got a couple of really nice turf grounds to, to I'm going to say respectfully, a couple of the go tracks. You know, the outfields are rough. We're sharing baseball grounds or quite often football soccer fields here where the grass is pretty high and the council's only got one blade mower and they won't take it lower for us. So, you know, that's that's changing. This year for the first time we've sort of mandated it's got to be played on turf or um, a hybrid, which we're trying to bring in. That's been okay. Unfortunately, though, our determination to push that has meant sometimes we're not playing on the best wickets. Um, 
I think it's okay because we're on that path. I think, honestly, infrastructure is the way this country gets better quicker, um, and that's expensive. But I think, you know, that's what minor league was about. It was to try and give us a baseline. It was to try and say, okay, there is a form line. Well, you know, if you're performing well in minor league against better players in better conditions, then it stands to reason you're a better player. Um, if you're a junior player coming through and, you know, we grow up in Australia and the UK is not too different, you know, some of the the steepest learning curves you have or you start to play seniors, you know, you're playing with people who are bigger, tougher, older, stronger than you, and you'll find out them pretty quick if you are that good or if you do have what it takes. So I think it gives us a really good way to to bring our juniors into it. Um, and we've tried to, to mandate, you know, 19s and squads and playing 11s to make success. Um, and we, we keep working on that because I think that's really important um, to give them, again, a pathway. So if you overlay that with that, with what USA's cricket is doing with their zonals and regionals, um, the a lot of people wouldn't know here, but... The USA, the market is very different. There's a lot of private tournaments. A lot of it's unregulated. Um, some of it's ordinary. Some of it's good. Um, there's a lot of money flying around on, on weekends from private owners that, that you know, up until minor league, that was sort of how a cricketer would make his money here in mm. the USA. You know, a lot of journeymen would come here and, and play and, you know, guns for hire on weekends and, and really good cricket. It's been absolutely beating up the local opposition. Sometimes that's for a photo with the owner or something as silly as that and, and play. So I think... That sort of coexists still, and I think the the quality of those is getting better, um, and the better operators and you know the more reliable ones are, are coming through. I think you overlay that with a minor league into a major league, um, with the zonals and with the nationals. All of a sudden, there is a twelve month program for cricket which hasn't existed, so it gives a bit of structure as well to a season. Um, and yeah, it, it gives you know it's a baseline, I suppose. It's not. You do well in minor league, you're not necessarily the best cricketer in the country, but you're probably better than playing in a local league in Atlanta or New Jersey or just, you know. Yeah. I, you talked about that. That's, it sounds like a very good, you know, semi-professional structure, right? But American sports works via colleges more often than not. So is that the, is that the hope? Because it's really interesting because a lot of people compare it to football uh, or soccer. Um, and so soccer basically becomes a sport that parents start to put their kids into because they don't want them to get head injuries <laughs> um, as a young as a young player playing you know American football mm. right and then it becomes that you know the soccer driving Volvo mums whatever they were called right Volvo driving soccer I forget the name of it um, <laughs> anyway yeah that becomes a whole thing cricket doesn't have the ability to probably uh, be like that because you know now football's already taken that that spot and so then the other one is of course this whole college aspect right of american sports are uh, predicated on college and i'm saying I, I know that there is some cricket played in colleges but you don't get scholarships and uh, all that sort of stuff to play cricket uh, over there do you how does how do you go to the ncaa is it ncaa i think that's NCAA, yeah. yeah do you go to them and go hey you don't know me but i'm a pretty stand-up guy i've got this league can we start to do this how does that work because it feels like to me that almost has to be I have every time I've talked to people in America, it's the 18 to 22 year olds that they lose first, right? Because they go to college. If they're good athletes, they play another sport or they just go to college and get a real job. That's where USA cricket seems to be missing so many of their players. Yeah, 100%. I think you're trying to grow any sport in any part of the world. You need, you know, that grassroots as part of it, right? So even before you get to NCAA, you know, what, what are we doing at a junior level to, to show people the sport, to get them in? 
And then if they're any good, you're right, you know, chances are you're going to be playing another sport here in America because, you know, the college system here is very different to the rest of the world, like a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, uh, it needs to be a big thing. And we, we think about it a lot, and this is also comes back to the governing body and budget and time. But I think I think there is a real opportunity now. Cricket, this is the start of momentum. I think Major League Cricket is important for that because it shows you, well, you can have a career as yeah. a cricketer. That hasn't existed before in this country. You know, I can play in my domestic T20 tournament, earn some decent money. That will also put me on the radar to other leagues around the world, particularly through some of our ownership groups. So if I'm good enough, I'll, I'll rise through. So I think that's that's one part of it. I think um, the scholarship thing is huge. Um, and I think, my personal opinion, I think we could probably do it in female women's cricket a bit mm. quicker. Um, and the sooner we can embrace that, because if I look at a sport like softball where these guys are incredibly talented athletes, they're hand-eye and, geez, they can hit a ball. And you know, my, my niece plays and she's phenomenal. Um, you give her a golf club and next thing you know, she is there, hasn't played before. So I think, you know, their terms of a career, when they finish college, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got, my, I've got my scholarship. I come through. Now what do I do? Whereas actually if you're playing somewhere like cricket, there is a whole world out there um, that a lot of these other sports in America can't offer. So I think there's that unique perspective we can we can do. I think it comes from exposure. I think the World Cup here next year can be really big for the sport as well in terms of again exposure. And there's been an awful lot of you know interest this week um, on the announcements. I think we look at 28 LA. I think if that comes through, and there's a good chance it will again. Um, these aren't all souls are going to change the world just like that. But I think this is constantly building the. What is cricket? You know, yeah, we sort of know it's big in the rest of the world. We've heard it. I sort of, it's a bat and ball, right? And I get this every day. Um, Americans are an incredibly sophisticated sports consumer. They have mm. incredibly high expectations. They're incredibly knowledgeable. They're also incredibly curious, more than you would think. Um, and back to your question before, you know, you're a you're a foreigner trying to peddle this foreign sport. Um, I get nothing but um, really positive questioning uh, and a lot of it's the same and, and i'll say well it's 360 degrees you know we don't wear a mitt there's 120 pitches in an innings and once you start explaining the game and the nuances there really is curious so i think i think it's going to work here i think the schools are important and i think it's just it's sharing the game it's also showing them how big this sport is in the world and, and our big you know, whenever we're going to a meeting or an interview or something, this is the second biggest sport in the world. This is the largest sporting media market in the world. You know, finally, if we can converge these two and it's, you know, it's getting there, I think this can be big. And I'm not saying we're going to take on MLB or NFL. Or, we don't need to. This, mm. this country is huge. There's already a huge existing support for cricket. It's incredible the fans that came to Major League. Um, and that's without, you know, I say we scratch the surface, that's without bringing a lot of new people into the game. Um, so when we do, you know, they tend to be pretty hooked. If you do it right, you show them a good game, you explain it, you know, I think I think it's going to work here. You know, and a lot of people have said that before. My only counter to that is no one's got this far. We built a cricket stadium out of a baseball stadium in you know, Grand Prairie, Texas, which is ridiculous. Um, but it's great. Uh, and, and, you know, we filled it for Major League. We didn't help ourselves. We put tickets on sale three weeks before. It was 110 degrees. You know, for everyone out there, masses and America are synonymous. I think that's about 43, 44. It's hot. You know, we, we, we did a lot of things <laughs> that you shouldn't do. If you've got a textbook to say how to start a league, you know, no, no. Um, we did it. So in a long-winded way to get back to your NCAA, I think it's exposure for the sport. 
I think it's um, it's really showing our unique properties about how good a game it is. And I'm biased, and I know you are, because I, I love this game. It's a high scoring. It's entertaining. It's an event every ball. You know, not to dig on baseball because I love baseball as well. I'm a huge Cubs fan now, but this is so much more exciting and high scoring. And Americans love that. Um, so once they start playing the game and seeing that, and seeing there is a pathway, there's a career now. There's a lot of money in this sport. I think that's what's going to turn the NCAA on. There's a lot of viewers in this sport. Um, so once you, you start talking commercially, which we can start to do now because we're starting through the back of Major League to have have that numbers. I think we had three matches on CBS Sports here on Major League, which is massive. You know, There's no secret that the 100 has changed format to get back to free-to-air TV. For us, that was huge. And you know, I live in a little town in northwest Indiana called Chesterton and cricket is not a thing here. But all of a sudden, I've down a couple of times and they said, oh, yeah, I saw that. You know, I saw that. There's the unicorns. What, what is that? You know, so that sort of exposure is is huge. Um, and that translates to, to schools and scholarships. Um, so I think before we get there, though, we really need to start educating more people about the game before before we get to, to college is my, is my long answer. <laughs> no, no, no. That was great. Um, I just wanted to talk about Morrisville. So that is, I find that a really, really interesting one because that is one that almost grew organically right as yeah. as a cricket culture and for those who don't know morrisville and there's no reason you would there's probably about 28 morrisvilles in america it's like springfield probably, <laughs> springfield right? Shelby, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um you know i think i you know it's not a big place it's obviously between three or four major university campuses where a lot of um, subcontinental students and 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 students from around the world the cricketing world have ended up in but that I remember, you know, for the minor league finals from last year, was it? It must have been, or the year before, whenever that was. You know, there's a real cricket spirit around that that, that has grown up. And how long did that take? And ha- is that something that, you know, is that just, I don't know, is Morrisville just become your Green Bay and you can't really replicate it anywhere <laughs> else? Or is Morrisville something that you can actually work out how it worked that you can move it everywhere? Yeah, I think I think we can move it everywhere. I think, you know, certainly targeted areas. Um I think if you look at Morrisville, North Carolina, um, it's in the Research Triangle, Raleigh, Durham. Um, you've got some massive schools there. If you think uh, Duke, you think NCU and Michael Jordan and, and all these schools. So um, it's probably the quickest growing part of this country, I would have thought at the moment, in terms of, of what's going on. It's a really pretty place, lots of trees. Um, it's a lovely place to be. I think, you know, as I said before, and this isn't sexy, infrastructure is the key. You know, and it would not be, you know, a podcast without, you know, a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come reference, which is corny as hell. But, you know, uh, two mayors ago, they had a bit of vision to think, actually, my demographic is changing here. Uh, Where are the votes going? How do I, you know, keep appealing to this market? Um, There's a very strong league there called the TCL, the Triangle Cricket League, who do great things and they play lots of cricket. They had nowhere to play. They still don't have enough places to play. It's It's a massive league. So, I think it, it came from vision, you know, a, an acknowledgement that, you know, America is changing in terms of demographic and these guys play cricket. Um, so they put a field in. Um, it's a public park and every time we go there, I love going there, but it's incredibly difficult to work there because you, you can't shut it down. You'll get aunties and uncles walking in the morning and dogs in the afternoon and it's, you know, so it's that sense of community is really strong. They're a cricket-loving community, and we had uh, Major League there. We used it as a venue this year, and I think we sold out every match. It was 3,000, 3,500, 6,000, depending on who you listen to. But, you know, it was it was packed. It's not necessarily built for a scale of Major League, um, but they just love cricket. 
Um, and the chance to see their heroes and some of the best players in the world. You know, Rashid Khan, bless him, he's an absolute saint. He must have stayed behind and signed a thousand autographs himself, you know, that one night. And people kept coming and coming. And, you know, so I think those populations exist all around the country. Um, you look at someone like Broward County, that again became about as a political decision whether well, let's, let's build this stadium. There's a lot more of our constituents know this game and love this game. And unfortunately, Indiana had one, I think. Um, and that was probably ahead of its time uh, and maybe just the wrong area, but they built a beautiful turf facility there. And so a lot of it, you know, back to sport and politics mixing, I think it comes from, you know, strong local cricket existing bases already lobbying uh, and working with their local politicians to say, you know, we love this game. Uh, a lot of your voters love this game. We want somewhere to play. And Morrisville was as simple as that. But, yeah, it's a pretty unique community. I'd love to, to pack them up and take them wherever you go because you know you're going to, Get, get a crowd but I think you know they exist and I'll upset someone here but you know definitely in Atlanta New Jersey New York um in Chicago not far from where I am in uh all through San Francisco California there's these pockets of, of yeah. places where we play cricket. Schwab trading is now powered by Ameritrade to give you a new elevated trading experience tailor-made for trader minds go deeper with think or swim the powerful award-winning trading platforms now at Schwab Unlock support from the Trade Desk, our team of passionate traders who live and breathe trading like you do. And sharpen your skills with an expanding library of online education crafted just for traders. All designed to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. Okay. Um, you uh, got, a, not you personally, but the, the Major League Cricket got a lot of money. I won't read the exact number um, out. <laughs> Bajillions. But, uh, but you got a lot of money early on. Um, a lot of promised money anyway is probably the best way for you, but certainly more than the CPL or, you know, many other leagues in the world would ever start with. Probably more than the South African League started with, right? And despite the fact that, you know, uh, it was in a major country. Um, yet you still got to a couple of days before and, you know, uh, Peter Delapeno was reporting about the stickers still going up or the chairs being painted or putting in the place or whatever. You got a lot of money, but it wasn't easy to get it from that conversation of we're going to, you know, come in and do that to actually getting the product on the field. Um, it, is that just because of how complicated cricket is in America? Is it because it was too big a project for, because it always felt like to me, uh, I don't want to slander any of your great employees, but it feels like you've got about four people running around in circles 24 hours a day at times. What was it that sort of that made it so hard at, at the end, despite having the sort of financial resources that most cricket tournaments, let's be honest, are never going to have. Yeah, and and it's it's fair all what you say. I think, you know, the biggest challenge we have, again, is infrastructure and stadiums are really expensive um, and doing things for the first time are really expensive. Um, if I wanted to go and buy a cricket net or cricket equipment here uh, of a standard, I, I can't, you know, I'm still trying to get baseball companies to manufacture it. So... Um, you know, in terms of, you know, our actual setup costs and building facilities and investing in, in things, it's taken an awful lot and it's going to continue to, which is why we're pretty selective with our owners because our owners are coming in not just to buy a franchise. Actually, guys, you guys are going to have to buy a stadium here somewhere mm. and believe me, a, a bit of land in New York or LA or San Fran, the areas we're looking aren't cheap. So, yeah, it is it is big money. I think a lot of our investors, in fact, all of them, you know, We've been selling a dream, to be honest, and it's all very good for me to hear or trot out the owners or, you know, you know, how good this game is. But the reality is it's it's 
it takes time to get there, you know. Mm. So the ROI, this is, is not going to be year one. It was always going to be a slower burn. So in terms of that, cash burning all the time, you know. But there's no point in having a league spending all the money and not being here the next year. So I think that's why we do run pretty lean. So it's fair to say I've got a small team. I've got, you know, no one else I'd rather have with me. But, you know, Peter Delapena's there at 3.30 in the morning and we're cleaning up glass. They got smashed from a practice session the night before and we're all tired and cranky. It's, you know, not normally you'd see, you know, some of my most senior people, you know, doing that. You know, I had a legal was firing the T-shirt gun. I had, you know, <laughs> so many incredibly talented people doing stuff at there. They're here because they believe in the vision as well. So I think, yeah, we've spent money prudently, to a, to be honest. I think, you know, our ownership structure is something which is very unique. Um, you are funding the league. Our owners are going to, it's very American style, owners will own the league ultimately. So that with that comes a, a different perspective and responsibility for, for each of them in terms of funding stadiums, in terms of funding the, the game here and the, their obligations. Domestic players, you know, that's a, that's a tricky one. Because domestic players in the rest of the world, and you know, SA is a great example, yeah. SAT20 came together incredibly late as well, but they also had stadiums ready to go with people who know how to run those stadiums with a crowd who understands cricket. So that was tough enough for them as well, ILT20 as well. If you layer the fact that we had a brand new stadium, was literally the paint was drying as people were coming in, you know, with all the will in the world, I'd like to think I'm graded. I don't necessarily know the intricacies of running a, a stadium, let alone a cricket stadium and trying to explain to our police and security how that works. And so many layers, as I said at the start. So easy to spend money doing that. Um, we're here for the, the longer term. Um, so I think now, said proof of concept, we've got that. I think our challenges are big, though, because, yeah, you can only rely on the first time, the first time. So now it's like, oh, yeah, we saw that last year. You've done that. you know. So, yeah, so what's that? That's new venues. I really think we need to Americanise the game more here and, and do that in a good way. A lot of people say, oh, shit, Americans can't do that. But said it's such a sophisticated consumer. And they do sport so well here. I love it, you know. There is so much. You look, the, the high school football setup I've got here in a small town is probably rival to any of the universities in Australia that I've seen. You know, it's ridiculous. So I think, you know, we need to embrace our American side and that includes, you know, in-game entertainment and, and how we how we pitch the game to, to new people. I think, you know, better than most cricket gets in the way of itself sometimes. We are really, we do it this way because it works and uh, or doesn't work, we'll still do it this way. Um, so I think, you know, why, why don't we, and we looked at it this year at broadcast, we just ran out of time. Let's have some alternate commentary. Let's get... The guys like John Boy in to help us who are, do a great job, you know, crossing over baseball, explaining it. If Nicholas Poran's going nuts and hitting home runs, well, how far did Darren Judge's home run go the other night? Can we overlay that? How do we try and, and, and do that a bit different? How do we make it like an NBA game where, you know, we drop the lights for the players running in to enter? And how do we really embrace all that and actually hold our cricket and, and be true to the game and represent the product in the best way, not be gimmicky. But then how do we add all the other stuff so, so people want to come and it's an event? And I think that's what Major League Cricket can be. It does come back to to venues um, and, and you know, scaling that realistically. But, yeah, I think, you know, so the other advantage money brings is our, our salary cap was pretty, pretty high. Um, so we said at the start we want to attract the best players in the world. I think generally we did that. So I think if you watch highlights at any point, you've got someone steaming in or a genuine quick or one of the best batsmen in the world. So I think the product itself, again, was good. It looked good on broadcast. 
you know, that's important. Um, and also the fans came. It looked like fun and it was fun. I've never had an atmosphere like that outside of India and we don't want to be IPL marquee. I mean, everyone would love to, but it's not realistic. It doesn't, mm. doesn't work. You know, the number of people would have come to you and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to recreate IPL. We're going to do this. The money's going to flow. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> but this crowd was something. So, you know, I think, you know, we spent money on players, we spent money on stadiums, and it, it goes pretty quick. Um, we've got a pretty robust plan. We've got a great set of investors. And, again, you don't need to Google us too far to see some of the business. It's Satya Nadella from Microsoft who was down at the final and, you know, all these guys. So they're all in. They're in for the long haul. Um, they they also drank the Kool-Aid. They're selling the Kool-Aid that we believe this game is great. You know, we can make it greater. But, you know, it's it's complex. Make cricket great again. Um, <laughs> don't ever say that. <laughs> uh, I was asked a lot beforehand what success was for this league, and I said running it properly, like <laughs> it existing, yeah. just because yeah. I've seen so many of these leagues don't even don't even turn up, and quite often they get investment money and you know advertisers and brought, and it just doesn't fall fall in place. Let's say that this is a success. We'll both agree that this is a success as it has currently gone. What is a success for you in five years' time? I, I'm not even if you're even if you get the ask because of how bad you've been in this podcast and yeah, they fire no, you. Hundred percent could happen. <laughs> Any day now, waiting for the call. Um, no, no, it's fair. I think if we're going to grow the game, and I can sit here and pontificate all this stuff, how it's great, it's going to work. If we don't have home markets to grow, it's not because I'm never going to cheer for Seattle living in Texas. So I'm not going to embrace the freedom or the freedom. I don't know. like so. Hmm. I think we need to get to that. You know. Texas were amazing here and they leveraged the hell out of it and they had all sorts of people come and the flags and that was great. And there was a real hometown feel. So we need to generate that rivalry around our initial six franchises. So San Fran, you know, if they're playing in San Fran, it's a lot easier to sell this product and to show people this product. So success for me in three to five years would be having each of the teams play at home, having a home and away series, building up these rivalries. Um, and that way, I think we'll get a lot more traction in more markets because absolutely Morrisville, North Carolina is a huge part of our, our plans and, and going forward, but they don't have a team. So, you know, with all the will in the world, we'll only ever fit 3,000 people into that venue. So in terms of commercially, how do we grow that? It's it's not going to be there. It's obviously a place for it. They might be playing matches there. Mm. But if we haven't got six bases you know, it's, it's not going to work. So I think that, that needs to be the, the, the short to, to longer term goal. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really interesting. Um, what what did you, what's your main takeaway? Because you've, you've been working at cricket for a long time now. What's your main takeaway from having done this tournament that you probably didn't think about beforehand? Yeah, how to turn a big screen on. <laughs> I'm still trying to get that to turn off in, in cheap mode. Um, <laughs> no, I think... I think anyone can run a tournament, honestly, um, and that's it's not hard. I think it's doing that while, while trying to keep all the – I know it's a balancing, I think. Um, it's trying to keep everyone happy at the same time, knowing that not everyone's going to be happy. Um, so I think I learned a lot personally and professionally about boundaries, certainly, not just force, um, <laughs> setting them, but also working for the good of the league. Ultimately, we need to be, okay, What what is good for – league what is good for cricket and it's not always popular and it's definitely not always sexy and it's not the the best way to spend money to get the impact but if we don't stop and get practice facilities right 
you know, if we don't start focusing on the quality of umpires and giving them money, giving them a shot, if we don't get more curators here and learn how we source this clay better, how I find, you know, cheaper nets or, or nets, like all this sort of stuff, because the, the quicker we can do that consistently across the country, the better it will be. So, well, it's great for, for private leagues to run and, and players get money that way, you know. Some of the money is stupid. You know, that money you could put into a ground. You could put that into and then you've actually got something you can build on. So it's changing that that mindset. Um, yeah, but the league itself, I think um, I think what I learned is you can never have enough staff. Uh, I think we're, we're pretty understaffed for what we do and I think, you know, while from the outside looking in, it looked amazing and you're right, it was a success in, in, in most of the things you'd tick off. But I think my... My thing is, I'd probably walk into a venue and, and see what we've done wrong, which you know it's probably a bit negative, obviously sometimes, and, and my teammates get the shits for that, I'm sure. But it's only because I can see how great this could be with just some little things. So I think if we can start moving those little things pretty quickly, we we start this properly. We really, you know, it's going to sound corny, but we need some kumbaya moments here shortly, where all the key stakeholders come together and say, okay, well this is happening here. We've got the backing of you know. Big people, the ICC are involved. We're looking at, you know, 15, 16 matches here next year as part of a World Cup, which are very, you know, marketable. If some of the teams I'm hearing are going to come here, this is huge. This is huge. So, you know, I think the only thing that can, can mess this up is ourselves, to be honest, and, and how do we stay out of the way of that? And that's that's a constant learning of, you know, how as a as a team member and a manager and part of the senior leadership, we, we do that for the... Another cliche, but for the good of the game and just, you know, how do we put cricket first and then build back around that? Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti, Saina Payin, and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Come-